0: Welcome to Profiling Criminal Minds. I'm Dan.
1: And I'm Dr. Redmond.
0: And tonight, uh, three more just kind of, uh, episodes that are at their best can be called Just There, uh, from Criminal <laughs> Minds.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing massively atrocious about no. them. No, they're just there. And
0: one of them is going to make <laughs> us talk about, uh, Tara Lewis for way too long. So that, that should
1: be a blast for everybody. All right, let's do this. <laughs> mm-hmm. 27. Yeah. When three people in the metropol- Washington metropolitan area are hospitalized with life-threatening injuries after being attacked with a machete, the BAU works with the local field office to track down a spree killer driven to take a life every tw- 27 minutes. Yeah. Okay. Now, now technically they weren't driven
0: no, they, they chose
1: need a to. Choice. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: And we're going to talk about that. So yes, it is not a real time episode, but close to it. Uh, mm. I mean, the thing is, uh, there's a couple of problems with this episode believability wise, which is, uh, the most believable thing that a guy with a gun would just deputize himself and shoot somebody. Yeah. This is America. That would definitely happen. 100%. Uh it would be more believable if the cops had shot the wrong guy cuz that's what happens in America. You know, cops just shoot ra- cops just shoot random black people cuz they hear there's a criminal on the loose. Uh so that would have been a more honest way to do the episode, but this ain't that kind of show.
1: <laughs> no, 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 because apparently Jim Clemente told them he wouldn't work on the show unless the sh- show was really good to local cops.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that's uh not a it really does raise the question whether Jim Clemente has ever seen the show. Yeah,
1: or read a script other than the ones he wrote. I
0: feel like maybe you should watch the show once, Jim Clemente, because they didn't do what you wanted them to do. This show's real nasty to local cops. Yeah, you know, I'm
1: just going... Anyway. What show yeah, did you no. think
0: you were working on?
1: <laughs> maybe one day we'll ask him.
0: Oh, that would be nice.
1: Oh yeah. Ha uh-huh. ha. Anyway, uh, yeah, I, that's that's as you say but the only real thing. I mean, that tells you something about the show, right? The only about the only real thing is that, that yeah, guy, he, uh, some deputized guy. Himself. Uh, now mind you, he's in Washington D.C. He's yeah, not it's weird that Florida. he's able to be
0: carrying a gun around.
1: Yeah, he's not in Florida or Texas. Uh,
0: actually, you know what you can do? You can uh lay this uh accidental shooting well not accidental but like bad shooting off on the supreme court because and this is true uh there was in the united states and this is a fun piece of trivia that you know people you can impress people with at parties there was no concept that there was a private right to own a gun that did not exist in the law in any part of the united states uh like federally the Interpretation was there existed no right to private gun ownership. And what happened was, in a case Columbia v. Heller, that's District of Columbia versus some guy named Heller, right? Uh, Essentially, the, uh, what do you call it, Um, Scalia invented the, like, just out of whole cloth, invented the, the idea that what the Second Amendment really meant was that you were allowed to have guns for pro, uh protection uh so protection like uh carry it wherever you want for security for sporting purposes or just for recreation he's like that's what the second amendment really means now of course no reading of the second amendment would allow you to get that out of it but Scalia used to like to make up law a lot um you know if it was what Republicans wanted he was a very like um There's no nice way to say it. He was a very, like, uh, I I don't want to say he was intellectually shallow, right? But he would put very little effort into justifying his crazy right-wing opinions. And Columbia v. Heller is the absolute nadir of that tendency. Because it's like, he just made it up. So in the past, it was literally, and the reason they did Columbia v. Heller was, they just made it, there was so much gun crime in Washington, D.C., and, you know, blood over Baltimore, a lot of it, that the mayor just said, we're just not going to allow there to be any guns in the city. It going to okay, be here. like Deadwood, you know, no guns in the, well, not Deadwood, um, uh, oh God, uh, what's the other one? Oh, Carson City, yes, you know, in the cowboy days when you had to turn in your guns when you got to the <laughs> edge of town, Right. Uh, Where it's like, literally, that's what the plan was for Washington, D.C., and what happened was they got sued by a gun owner, and Scalia made up the idea that the Second Amendment meant everyone has to have a, has the right to have a gun, no restrictions can be allowed by the government.
1: Okay, now, can I, can I, can I bring in in? my, this would be interesting if someone brought a challenge to this. Yeah. Because if, Scalia. Now, we've now got Neil Gorsuch yeah. going, but this is what the law says. Yes. Okay. So he can go back to the amendment, and because it says the militia, for the yeah. purposes of a militia, mm-hmm. he would go back, and therefore he would vote against that. However, if they Robert, managed to get a new not, case not, going. Yeah, out. if they managed to get a new case going. So you could see Neil Gorsuch, Gorsuch, Gorsuch. working with the liberals in the court. Liberals, oh, yeah. and but you could see Roberts, who wants to, who voted with the liberals, oh, on this on issues because of precedent. Yeah. Right. So you're going. So the precedent would be Scalia. It would be really interesting. Oh, no, it's because,
0: because. But the problem is, like, uh, he says he's just doing it on precedent, and that would be a real. And we'll talk about this on another show. Uh, that would be a real rubber hits the road moment for John Roberts. Because yeah. the fascinating thing is about Columbia v. Heller and there's there's entire like the massive Bush. analysis of this decision because it's such a bad decision. Yeah. Not Bush v. Gore to bad, but, you know, really bad. Yeah. Um. But yeah, essentially, how can you say that that is precedent when in Columbia v. Heller, he was just making up
1: precedent? Yeah. No, no. What I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that would be interesting if they could find a case. To bring yeah. to the to this Supreme Court, yeah. because you've got Gorsuch, who is uh, who is one of those fundamentalist uh, or reads the Constitution as it is read. I know. Right? So therefore, and in this case, that means that he has to be anti-personal ownership of guns.
0: Well, you say it has to be, but. Scalia always branded himself as a constitutional originalist as well, and he had no problem making up new law when it was what the Republicans wanted him to do. But maybe Gorsuch takes it seriously. I don't know.
1: Well, no, because we've already had Gorsuch. Yeah. Right?
0: Side with them over other stuff like this. Side
1: only one thing, the LGBTQ, because it says sex and doesn't matter whether they understood LGBTQ rights— it says sex. Yeah, I know. Period. So, I mean, it would be an interesting thing because...
0: Oh, in I other would be venues. fascinated. I'm just saying, d- like, when it comes to crossing the NRA, I yeah. would never bet on a Republican to betray the NRA.
1: Yeah, well, you never know. Anyway, it, I mean...
0: I'm at, just just remember, of- betraying the NRA is betraying the Russians. And yeah. that's something Republicans don't like to do. They like to stay on the good <laughs> side of the Russians for some never reason. Mind. Okay, this
1: is usually our quarantine special.
0: No, I know, but it's just, it interests me that it's so crazy that there would be a gun. And that's why it's much more natural for the episode for it to have been a cop shoot the guy. But as you say, they're not allowed to show local cops screwing up like that anymore. Like, uh, they used to be able to do that. Uh, They did an episode. Well... No, they never really showed cops screwing up, did they?
1: Because like there's a couple
0: of times when they're like, a guy's gonna turn himself in, and then the local cops a little too trigger happy, because you know the local cop doesn't really get the situation. Yes. Right. But our Uh,
1: FBI profilers save the day.
0: Yeah, but it's like it would have been much more believable had a cop shot the guy, because A, cops are trigger happy when it comes to black men who they think have committed crimes, and sometimes just black men generally. And the uh Uh, Well, no, I say sometimes, most of the time, just black men generally. Uh, So you add that to the fact that, you know, everybody's panicked about this slasher and he's and they thought they ran into the building and he sees a guy with a metal tube in his hand. Like, it it would be tragic, but if that happened, you wouldn't even say, oh, well, that cop was a monster. You'd say, what a horrible situation. But they can't allow, on this show, cops to be questioned in any way, shape, or form. So they've got to make it a regular civilian who does it as... And because of all the DC stuff we just said, uh, you know, it's not, it doesn't really make sense that a guy would have been able to do that. But you know what? Like, let's just, let's just give him that. What I really don't believe about the episode is that this is America. People love to film things. People love to chase people. I don't believe that this guy would have been able to just like slash someone on the street and run away without anyone chasing him and seeing where he went. Like, I just, I don't buy that. That's not how people work. Like, if, if he had a gun, everyone would run away. I completely agree with that. 100% people run away when someone pulls a gun. Well, often, uh, some people, when that guy at the, uh, protests, like pulled a gun and shot people and and shot that guy in the arm and then fled his blocked in car and ran away. People did chase him and yell to the cops, arrest this guy, even though it was a guy with a gun. So sometimes people even chase a guy with a gun, but I kind of don't believe in, you might say, well, no, nobody's going to tackle this guy. Nobody's going to try to do a citizen's arrest. And that's probably true because people don't want to get stabbed. But I find it hard to believe that nobody is like chasing him and seeing where he goes and staying on the phone with 911 while they chase him yeah like it's it's weird that this guy could just run away and disappear because that's not usually how public stabbings go
1: well maybe maybe it's because this was such an upscale area of town And maybe maybe it's because he had a machete. How's that? He didn't have a knife. He had a machete.
0: But even still, like, stay five feet away from someone. Guess what? The machete can't hurt you. And you can follow him from, like, 20 feet away as long as you're following him. I just, like, it didn't ring true to me, is what I'm saying, that nobody would have followed this guy. Like, that just didn't feel accurate to me from what I've seen of the way people actually behave in situations like this. Mm Mm-hmm it just didn't make sense but that's me um so here's my big question to you and okay uh how on earth i've been to washington dc you've been to washington dc <laughs> how on it's, earth are these guys getting around the city in 27 minutes, seven minutes. <laughs> 27 I, I, minutes I, I, oh far enough long enough to drive four blocks
1: how? <laughs> how? Like I'm—I was sitting there going, "You mean you're complaining because the ambulance took 27 minutes? How did the—how did an ambulance show up in like two minutes? At—I mean that's the other thing. How are these guys getting away? That yeah. so that they can do this, like go out, go out to the suburbs, pick somebody up, bring them to another place, and kill them minutes. in 27 minutes? Yes, I agree with you. How? And the other thing is, how did the ambulance get there that fast? Was it sitting around the block waiting for someone to be macheted?
0: I know. Because at I the mean, beginning of this episode, know. there's this whole thing about how, look, how fast ambulances get there in the good part of town. I'm like, yeah, but even in the good part of town, ambulances don't get there within 90 seconds of the macheteing.
1: It no. <laughs> just and, doesn't happen. And And the thing is, is that, you know, people, I mean... They actually, because there was such a complaint here, like in Ontario, because there was such a complaint about people not paying it, not pulling off when ambulances were going by. I just saw that friggin' yesterday. Okay. And they can actually be, it can be a big fine. I mean, I sometimes I think ambulances should have a camera on the back so they can take the license plate. Yeah,
0: take the license plate (laughs) and the front and the back of anybody who's not getting out of their way. Yeah, it's whenever I see an ambulance, I just, I pull right up onto the curb and I get out of the way until it's gone. But it's like, I was driving yesterday and I saw a guy friggin' not even get out of the way. He made yeah. the, he made an ambulance pass him. It was bad.
1: Yeah. Well, I would think that, um, yeah, anyway, but that's beside the point. And it's yeah. worse, like, in Washington... Like, it's like New York, Washington, downtown Washington, it's or just any like New York. sort of whatever. Like, it's packed with cars. All the time. Ambulances have a tough time. Yep. Right? Getting getting through, even if everybody sort of moves Stets off out of the side, way. because how do you get out of the way, right? Oh, yeah. When really the street's hard. packed,
0: there's nowhere to go. Yeah,
1: it's really hard. I mean, yeah. we don't have that problem in Sault Saint Marie.
0: No, of course not. i mean,
1: yeah. <laughs> going, and the ambulance just There's
0: like four cars car and a city. there's like seriously four cars and a moose in that
1: city. Hell it geez. is not
0: hard to get around.
1: No, no. Well, cars maybe trucks. There's lots of trucks, but that's anyway, true. no, no. But what happens as the ambulance? You can hear the ambulance go by my, but it it only if it has a red light at the corner, right? That's when is it there puts ever on an issue? The Siren, yeah. right? Yeah,
0: no. Mostly they're just free to tool around as much as they want.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, pretty much because the traffic is not a big issue. But
0: yeah, but it's like, like even Washington, the idea that it would take like twenty-seven minutes.
1: Honestly, it seems
0: like a pretty good response time for a place you know, as crowded to get around as Washington D.C.
1: Like, I didn't understand either where he was. Like, I if if I was really to think back, like okay. I didn't understand it at the time, and then I'm I I'm not bothering to rewind anymore. Of course. And go check it out. Then.
0: I will see if I can explain the point of confusion to you. So tell me okay. what it is.
1: So where where was their brother gun... Uh, Stabbed life? to death. Stabbed to death. Uh,
0: in a bar in a suburb of uh, Washington, D.C., but a poorer suburb. And their and comment was, this is where the poor people live, like my family, and we don't get any uh, attention from the emergency services. And so then the rest of their crimes are will take a person from a poor part of town and stab them in a rich part of town and then show that, like, it doesn't matter, that
1: yeah. uh, it is no, entirely
0: a... Okay, good. You understand that part. I
1: that part, but there was so much talk about him going to university, right?
0: Yeah, I know. Like, it seems like he should have been stabbed at a college bar if he's hanging out at university so much. But no, he went back to the neighborhood his brothers lived in, Right and was hanging out with them to celebrate okay. university and he and, got stabbed in the bad part of town.
1: Okay, and what what I would what I would what I often wonder is, okay, how close was the hospital?
0: Well yeah, that's another question.
1: Because because it may not be the question of the ambulances, because ambulances go to hospitals and then wait. They don't tool around waiting no. for somebody to have a heart attack or whatever. They're not no. like taxicabs. Yeah. ambulances stay at hospitals they get sent out from the hospital. Oh, I know. Yeah. Or some of them are in fire stations like a fire station would have some t- Well, I don't know oh, no, about That's,
0: to I mean, it depends on how the I mean, that's how it runs here. I yeah, don't I know how it runs
1: saying. in Washington DC. Yeah. Because sometimes you will see. I mean, the when a when a fire, when there's a major fire, right, you can just see it's not just the ambulance, it's not just the fire trucks that go, yeah, but they the actually ambulances have, respond
0: as well. yeah. have
1: an EMT response. And I think EMTs in some cities in the U.S. run out of um out of. um
0: Well, I know they run like out of fire stations. stations. What? Do you, yeah, fire, fire stations. stations is what you're stations. trying to say? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So no, I'm, I'm... Not just
1: going okay. Yeah, ambulances. Well, and I mean, that's beside the point. I mean, they're, I mean, even if the hospitals, they don't, because that's the other thing. They don't necessarily build hospitals
0: in the the bad parts, in the quote unquote bad parts of town. I know. Yeah, that could have factored in as well. I mean, and the thing is, I'm not saying that like the guys don't have a point.
1: Well, the guys have a good
0: point. They have a really good point they're making. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not happy about their method but they're 100% right in the complaints they're making about how the poor people in America are treated. Like 100% dead on. Yes. You probably shouldn't be stabbing innocent people to death. Uh, You know, like that's not the best way of making that point, but 100% everything you're complaining about, you're completely right. about.
1: Well, what's interesting, like I was thinking about that, like when we're talking about this, because it does fit in is that, and it's funny, it was just today they were talking about, you know, how hospitals are um, going essentially bankrupt, right? Yeah. Um, because of the COVID in the States. Yep. And I'm going, and they're talking, well, yeah, but, you know, why is this? You would think that with the COVID they would be making money and blah, 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 You're blah, blah. You're not very smart, are I'm you? going. I'm going, you guys don't get it. It's because you don't want to criticize the healthcare system that you've yeah. got at the bottom line. Which is that, I mean, we have a problem in essentially Ontario. I don't know how bad it is in other places, but I suspect because they went to this business of all hospitals had to have, have a um, a budget, right? The yeah. budget had to be a balanced budget. And I'm going, are you out of your mind? Of course, COVID has thrown that all out. Oh, it's and completely so, out of
0: whack. Yeah. You know,
1: because their budgets just can't do it. But in the states it's even worse they run them for They all a have to
0: turn a profit. Yeah. They
1: have and to what turn
0: people a don't, honestly don't understand is no they're not making a lot of money because hospitals turn a profit by having a lot of really easy stuff to do that you can do quickly and massively overcharge for. Yeah. Whereas here they have incredibly labor intensive stuff happening and they're not getting reimbursed for it right away.
1: Yeah and I I I mean I sat and looked at I mean I still remember sitting and looking at the hospital bill that my father-in-law got. Yeah. Um now a, a lot of it, the last hospital bill he got when he was in the hospital at Loyola Hospital I guess yeah. in Chicago. And I can remember looking at it and just like I was you know here you're it's just bonkers. Done. It's bonkers. It's bonkers yeah and the fact that canada when they were trying to follow the united states they had enough resistance yeah but they still managed to get some of it through with this balanced budget idea which means things get cut right Mm -hmm. but i'm going i'm going in the united states for god's sake they pay for you know because it's privately run yeah they pay you know they charge for every and they were charging the government because, of course, he was old and therefore on Medicare. But and still, yeah. They charge
0: an obscene amount of money for every little thing they do.
1: Every little thing. Yeah. Like every freaking piece
0: of... Every Q-tip. Of- every piece of tape they use to put a, an IV line in place. Every little thing is, you know, linked... Uh, sorry, is written down and massively overcharged. for
1: Kleenex! Kleenex!
0: Oh, no. Kleenex! $20 yeah. boxes of Kleenex.
1: You know, you're just sort of sitting there going, can't you go shop at No
0: Frills? (laughs) (laughs) Well, no. And I mean, but that's how they keep their budget balanced. These incredible things. And also there's this whole other kind of scandalous thing where they don't actually charge that much. They just have it. um, They artificially inflate the number. And this is an actual thing they do so that your insurance company can uh, can say, hey. We're we're a value to you, people who buy our insurance. We got you an 80% discount on your hospital stay. Well, yeah, that's because the hospital stay was, you know, increased in (laughs) price a hundred percent. and they jack up the numbers just so that the um just so the insurance companies can say they got people a deal. But the problem is, well, what happens if you go to the hospital and you don't have insurance? Oh, well, then you get charged this insane full price for everything and you owe them twenty thousand dollars for being in the hospital for three days
1: yeah, I mean people it's generally, insane. Yeah, yeah generally speaking, it has to be something weird like we have i mean people I guess like what
0: I'm it. really trying to say is it's good that their brother died, so he wouldn't have to spend the rest of his life in crippling debt over the time he got stabbed now that's not something I believe, but yeah. American medical system is
1: terrible, but it's a, it's a realism. I mean, that's, I mean, if we was to, were to suggest anything for people to watch, it would be watch New Amsterdam.
0: Yeah. They it's are really now, doing a good job of addressing these just, issues.
1: A lot of these issues, they just finished their second season. So, you know, I mean, New Amsterdam does a really good job. So yeah. go watch that guys.
0: <laughs> no, no, it does. Hey, so, so, yeah, um, this one, as usual, it's really not hard at all to find, uh, to find the guy. Uh, first off, like I said, it's not believable that people wouldn't have been chasing them. That's just not how, that's just how people work. So they probably should have been caught right away. But they get caught almost right away because literally all they do is just look into the background of the people involved. Right? Uh, of the people who got stabbed, and they're like, oh well, this guy is uh Moonlight's as a bouncer in a bar where somebody got sta- brutally stabbed last week. Oh well there you go. You know. Mystery solved. Let's just look into that. Uh weird that um kind of weird that like neither of these guys had their fingerprints on file anywhere. Like I I feel like aren't they just taking kids' fingerprints these days? <laughs>
1: I have no idea.
0: Like, don't kids get fingerprinted just to go to school now in Washington, D.C.? Like, I know America's pretty much a terrifying police state these days and has been for, like, 20 years. I feel like, because they're like, who is this mystery man? Because they catch one of the two of them. And they're like, they can't figure who it is. And I'm like, did you not run his fingerprints? Because I feel like this guy with the totally justified chip on his shoulder he's got, he's probably had run-ins with the police before. And I'm sure he wasn't at fault, but that doesn't mean he wouldn't have been, like, pulled in and fingerprinted and whatnot. Like, it, it seems odd to me that he wouldn't have been. So, yeah. um, But, yeah, he's not actually that hard to find because they're like... And then they make the logical leap, and it's not a bad logical leap, that uh, he's going to try to stab somebody at the, uh, at the campus. Yeah. And, yeah, that's not a bad logical leap, you know, because that's where his brother's life was centered. And that's a time where profiling... Yeah, that that makes sense. I'm not going to object to that, like that version of profiling at all. To me, that just logically tracks. Didn't bother okay. you, did it?
1: No. Okay, good. No, no, I, I'm. You know, I mean, generally speaking, there there wasn't an awful lot that I was going to scream and holler about. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, and as you can tell from our conversation, that it's it's the the situation that sets like the situation basically with hospitals and everything else that sets up this whole tragedy. So yeah. I mean I was I mean it's now they don't make that clear in the episode. No, of course not. No. We no, we're we redri- we're extrapolating
0: you yeah. quite a bit. But
1: basically but basically that's um because he complains about the ambulances. Yeah. And stuff like that. I mean it's possible
0: we... it's impossible to overlook that aspect of it if you're watching yeah. the show critically. Yeah. Uh Oops. what one thing I really did notice oh. that I just wanted to mention before we go uh Is the, uh, just, I, a machete is a really bad weapon to try and just, just FYI. I'm not saying, I'm not offering advice to people who want to hold people hostage, but the thing about, um, it's never a good idea to hide, uh, to try and, you know, hold someone hostage with a knife because they can just shoot you and the person you're holding with the knife probably won't be injured, but with a machete, that person definitely won't be injured. Machetes aren't that sharp uh the only way you do real damage with them is by swinging them hard because and this is true machetes aren't designed to like cut fine things they're designed to smash their way through vines brush bamboo sugarcane stuff like that so you got and a little bit of edge on there what's to that cut the,
1: to cut the top off of co- coconuts
0: oh exactly yeah to split coconuts <laughs> that's what machetes are for yeah. so they have to be you know tough pig iron metal or else they just go dull and be useless immediately but the nature of that is they're not going to be very sharp like they're just not sharp weapons so they're 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 not a good thing to hold up against someone's chest and say i'll cut them if you try to if you try to stop me because they can just shoot you and you won't be able to do anything
1: okay like i i also thought okay how did like Here's, here, here was my, okay. So okay, now we please. get to my problem that I wasn't going to bother. Like I thought about it and I thought, ah, who cares? Okay. But now that you've brought up the machete. Yeah. I went, how did he cut this guy? Yeah, I is know. Anybody with a machete. That's what I thought to myself. And I'm going, so did he cut his hand off? Did he, did he wing down and, you know, because, it's the same thing. I mean, I've got a machete upstairs yeah. and it's, it's now mind you, it's in a, uh, it, it's actually packed away in a box, but, still. uh, but I, there is one upstairs. I yeah. mean, it was sitting, <laughs> it was, it was sitting forever in my, uh, I have a magazine rack and it was sitting at the top of <laughs> the magazine. Oh shit. Maybe it's still there. Anyway. Not it, important it's, to the conversation. Never mind, It's sheathed and everything. It's got a beautiful sheath, right? Yeah. Leather, leather sheath.
0: And it's got, you know, nice carving on the handle. It's yeah. clearly, you know, a uh, uh, muse uh, not a museum, just like a conversation piece more than an actual machete you'd want to use. But at the same time, it's the,
1: same thing. the machete it's this... is still usable.
0: Oh, totally. Of
1: course. But, but it's a it's... big,
0: heavy, dull yeah. blade.
1: Yeah. So anyway, never mind. So let's move on to Ashley.
0: Yes, let's move on to Ashley.
1: Ah, <laughs> oh, uh, when a couple from Plymouth, New Hampshire is gunned down. In their sleep, and their eight year old daughter is reported missing the b a u searches for a budding abductor set in recreating set on recreating a ghost from his past. Meanwhile, Rossi plans to take the next step in his relationship with crystal
0: okay uh so yeah, a uh, pretty standard episode there's a crazy guy going around murdering people, and he's and it's one of these situations where you're like, how did they find this guy oh by uh how did they find the like How did he find his victims? Blah, 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 blah. Because that's a really difficult thing to do. Like, how do you target these victims? And then you're like, wait a minute. So a guy this delusional and this screwed up was able to hold down a career as a professional photographer? (laughs) Like, who has to work? Like, this guy is really far gone. It seems a little crazy to me that he was able to hold down a career as a professional photographer, especially because he was like, been doing the photography it's it's very weird because he's been doing the photography stuff for like years and because there's this really weird thing in the episode where okay so daughter gets kidnapped and is released unharmed and the parents are killed and they save it till like 20 minutes in to for them to find out that these kids are these girls are all adopted right Uh, uh uh-huh and i don't understand why it takes them that long to figure that out cuz they're like garcia didn't think to check for that for and they offer some gibberish reason why she didn't think to check for that and i'm like what do you mean think to check for that you're looking you went and you looked into theoretically every aspect of these people's lives because you were like Gambling wreck, uh, gambling, maybe they have gambling addiction, maybe they have debts, maybe they're over shopping, like, who could have wanted these people dead? You were supposed to be turning over every nook and cranny, every rock, every bit of debt, everything, right? And you didn't turn up The that they went through the painful multi-year municipal, like, ordeal Chris- of trying to adopt a child that involves hundreds of hours of interviews, a giant amount of government paperwork, th- like two to three different levels of government signing off on you on a person. Somehow none of that came up as notable when Garcia was looking through their backgrounds. Doesn't that
1: seem a little preposterous to you? Yes. <laughs> I, I, I can't, what am I going to say? You the would whole know episode... immediately these girls were adopted. It, uh, to me... Yeah. yeah the whole thing particularly since both of them right yeah I'm both of it. them were
0: adopted it's not like he just grabbed some well they need to be two or else they can't find the pattern that the same guy did the photographer did the the yeah. the brochures to convince someone that these are good places for a child to live yeah right so that and yeah it's just so weird that i don't understand how this guy like when did he turn crazy
1: Okay, I don't understand. Number one, so his his daughter is adopted. How the yeah. hell did he find out in the first place? Who adopted? Because it would have been long before he began this this unless the, that's what he was doing in the first place.
0: Well, no. What I mean, okay. they seem to be suggesting, and this is where I'm a little weird, that he was desperate to find his daughter, right? And so he got he started a career as a photographer, hoping that he could get the work. That photographers do, like, the incredible, instead of becoming, like, a social worker and just get into it that way, he be- became a photographer, hoping that he could look into, like, get close enough to people who work in the, like, the adoption field. Now, like, tell me if I'm getting this wrong. So, his daughter is given away for adoption 11 years ago. And he, at some point, gets out of jail or whatever and says, I'm going to become a photographer because I know that photographers are sometimes hired to put together uh books to convince like uh adoption agencies that it's okay to send a kid to this house. Okay? So I'm going to become that and hopefully I will get so many jobs doing that that I will like be run across. Pals? My- well, no, because he can't run across the people who adopted yeah. his baby, because that happened 11 years ago. Yeah, I know, but... huge amount of time. Yeah. And,
1: and so, so it's so like, happens, and I no. don't
0: understand... Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like, did he become pals with people who work at the state adoption agency? And he, like, used the fact that they were pals to, like, break into that person's computer and find it that way? Because it's like, I don't understand the steps of his plan. Well, no, he's like, I don't,
1: look, I don't understand the trigger.
0: Yeah, and what was the trigger? Because he How knows does he his,
1: know his daughter is dead.
0: That's well, I guess that this is the story I'm this is the story I'm telling. I guess that what happens is so he spends eight years working his way into the field of like working his, and it's like becoming a photographer is such a roundabout way to work yourself into the social work and adoption field, but he well, did it. He spent eight years working himself into the social work field via being a photographer of all things. And only finally then, after he had done it, he finally gets this book that's, uh, not book, uh, he finally finds out, oh my god, my daughter died of some sort of medical trauma. Uh, They say she had a, no, she had a heart murmur or whatever.
1: Yeah, she she had 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 a heart heart defect.
0: And so she died of a heart attack at age 10 years ago before I did this and then maybe he killed her parents or maybe they died in a car accident is they're like he uh maybe he's what about the people who adopted his child he probably murdered them but it and they're like but it wouldn't be in the same way it would have looked like something else maybe uh he faked an accident they just say that out of nowhere and i don't know why they think he would have done that murder differently like but that is just an assumption they are 100% fine signing off on, is there 100% sure that that murder is going to look different than the others? And then we hear that they were killed in a car accident and we're left wondering, okay, well, did he cut the brakes or did he run them off the road or did they just die in a car accident? And the show offers the, offers no evidence any in any direction. So that's kind of frustrating. Well, no, no, not
1: it just doesn't make sense. It's it, it like, track, I'm going, yeah. how did he find her like
0: well like, no like i said I, I the only way is the ridiculous ordeal i've just laid out that's the only yeah, way I you know, could have found but them it, it, no but I it doesn't like track that. logic like you know, you are right no to reject this
1: sense to this viscerally like the only i can find one reason to go and do this and that would be on the bizarre assumption that people who've adopted once would yeah. adopt twice now The problem with that is if they've adopted once, all of their stuff is already in the system. So if there's no problem with the first adoption, yes, then they're going to be high on the list for another adoption. They wouldn't do another
0: lookbook type situation. Yeah,
1: so he would never run into them. I don't know how he found out. So did he talk somebody into, yeah, and you're right. Did he talk somebody into letting him get on the computer to look for his daughter? Well, no, they wouldn't have done that. Because that would have been very suspicious in the first place if he started asking. Could he? Yeah, but
0: I mean, I, I, I my my only possible explanation, my only possible explanation is this is the culmination of a 10 year plan to get involved in the uh, adoption industry via photography of all things. And at the end of it, He finds out, oh my god, my daughter's been dead this whole time, and it drives him nuts. But yeah, that whole first tent, like, I understand he finds his his daughter's dead. He goes nuts because he thinks the parents failed to protect them. Then he's like, other girls are not being looked after by the parents. So he starts stalking the parents, and when he finds one who's not morally upright enough and isn't looking after their daughter well enough, he kills them to rehome their daughter with someone kinder. Like I understand that part. I don't understand the ten years of his life before that part.
1: You don't understand what triggered him, what what, or or why he would like.
0: know, well, I understand I, that finding out his daughter had died and he blamed. But how
1: did he find out his daughter had died?
0: The the method I just laid out for you. But A ten year plan to get into sense. the. I know it doesn't make sense, but I'm telling you. What has happened in the episode? I'm not saying it makes sense. Of course it doesn't make sense. This is criminal minds. Making sense is not their brand, okay? But that is, I think, my ridiculous story, I just let it out, is what if they asked you, they would tell you what had happened. But you're right that it makes zero sense. I mean, like, why in the, like, we didn't even talk about in the previous episode. How absurd is it that they, like... They put together this whole plan to wage terroristic, metaphorical war on the emergency services of Washington, D.C. in five days. That whole plan came together in the last episode in five days. And we've got the opposite problem here. Because this guy, they had a ridiculously elaborate plan that they were fine with killing people and got to be fine with killing people. That radicalization took less than a week. Whereas this guy spent 10 years working as a photographer for no discernible reason so yeah no i mean it i mean you're right neither of these timelines make any sense at all like it's it's just ridiculous and then of course he also just murders a guy at a gas station cuz he's a scumbag <laughs> like seriously i thought you this i thought this guy was so delusional that he thought he was with his real daughter and knew, and uh, was doing nothing wrong, yet he executes a uh, gas station attendant for looking at him funny? Like, that seems a l- that seemed a little weird uh, to me. I looked but...
1: at him funny because he
0: knew that it was... Uh... Oh, he no, knew, it was, no, the he, girl. He knew it was the kidnapped girl. He knew it was
1: so the kidnapped girl. I know, but I'm just
0: saying it's like, I feel like a guy this falling. far gone... Oh yeah, but it's like, I feel like if the guy is this far gone, is he worried about stuff like
1: that? Well,
0: he seems pretty far gone, is my point.
1: Well, no, I, I agree with you. Yeah. I agree with you. Okay,
0: completely. so I, I wasn't the only one who recoiled a little from that development as well. Good. I'm glad it wasn't just me. Yeah, it wasn't. All right. So, yeah. No, it's it's a weird episode because, again, you get this wonderful... Um, they do a lot of victim blaming these days. <laughs> like... A pedophile, uh, like, a pedophile would never murder a family to kidnap a child. And I'm like, you don't know a lot about pedophiles, do you? <laughs> you've ran into pedophiles in this show who murdered people to steal their children to rape them. Like, that's something you've encountered on this show. Uh, it doesn't happen a lot, I'll agree, but it does happen. So right away, they just dismiss out of hand that it's a pedophile, and their next thought is, all right, uh, what did these people do to deserve getting murdered for? <laughs> they just love to blame the victim lately is something I've noticed about this show. And I don't know where that instinct comes from, but it is, it is a sub-theme this year. Yes.
1: Um... Yeah.
0: You noticed it too,
1: oh yeah well we've 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 been talking, we've discussed about it. it already, yeah. we've already discussed it, it just is bizarre a world, yeah, as usual, oh, um, yeah, I
0: mean, it's just the nature of the show to a certain extent,
1: yeah, it's almost become,
0: yeah, like this, but it's like this weird, it's this strange moralizing that we get from the show where it's like they're just looking for an excuse to say. Okay, so part of the horror of serial killers, and if I'm overstating this, please weigh in and correct me, but is that their thinking, right, their bizarre sexualized violence thinking is so alien from us that it's like, it's motives don't, normal motives don't really make sense, right? Like, because they, what they have is a sick, twisted murder fetish and that is what they are living when they kill people. Like So normal looking for, well, who does so-and-so own money to, really isn't relevant. But lately, we've had this thing on the show where time and again, they're like, we've got to search for a traditional motive for these crimes. And I'm like, yeah, but that's not really relevant. And it's almost like they're trying to comfort people by saying, well, no. like it's it's There's a good chance that if you got murdered it's because you were a person who had problems and, like, did stuff wrong and blah, 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 blah. It's almost just try- like it's trying to comfort the people watching the show that, no, you couldn't be the random victim of a serial killer. These are people who had flawed lives, flawed lives. You're fine. And that's not how the show used to be. The show used to be honest about it in a Maxwell Silverhammer way where literally, for no discernible reason, people are just getting murdered all the time because someone is aroused by it. You know? and i feel like that's less of an element of the show anymore and i think it's less honest because that's less of an element of well, the yes, show anymore
1: but just remember that yeah. this is what i've been saying that ever since we found out about the lawsuit <laughs> and the timeline right you yeah. how many of these sexual murderers have we encountered
0: fewer and fewer every week
1: well i i'm i'm looking at looking at this year yeah so this far, it's not a sexual
0: murder. The previous one, not a sexual murder. The next one, not a sexual murder.
1: The tall like, man, not.
0: Well, I mean, he was molesting a girl and like well, killing yeah, people but that, to cover it up. But you're yeah. right that it wasn't. It wasn't a lust crime, as the Germans call it.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it, the whole thing was not. It was just it, we needed JJ to have some. Oh yeah. Uh, closure on all of this. So we wrote an episode about her getting closure. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, I'm, I'm looking at this 300, not really. Um, the mummified female remains, no. Um, uh, rule 34, sort of.
0: Oh, 100, no,
1: 100%. Okay. But, but that, but that is a homosexual. Yeah, but still,
0: I mean, it is yeah, still a sexual no, crime.
1: Yeah, no, no, it's a sexual crime. But I'm going. It's still not um,
0: the their traditional ones that they normally do. Yeah, you're absolutely you right. You know,
1: um, but but they do throw the odd one in. They do. Yes. Um, and then we have the next one in Tallahassee. No, nope. Uh, no, Tallahassee. I, hey, no. I agree with you. One. Right? We have one so far this season, and it's already season. started. It had already started in season thirteen. Yeah, so, no, that they were diving
0: back. But this one is one surprisingly chaste. No, I, I, I agree with you, right? One hundred percent. I think it's very strange, just like you do, that they're completely rebuilding their conception of a serial killer to try and avoid these unfortunate connections to stuff that's going on in in real life. Well, they don't the want to. The they
1: don't want to say the word predator.
0: No, not anymore.
1: Sexual predator. They don't want they're avoiding the term sexual predator as much as what possible. it is as yeah. much as possible cuz they got one on staff and have had one for
0: allegedly years. allegedly oh, allegedly the,
1: allegedly
0: yes allegedly has someone been convicted has someone confessed no we're going to keep saying allegedly Alleg- cuz i don't need to get sued again
1: Someday we'll have to, have to tell the whole story of that.
0: Yeah, that would be funny, you but really it's not something to. I'm looking to do right now. No, but anyway, <laughs> that's the point. So remember the word allegedly, because allegedly is what you happens. will
1: always be here to remind me.
0: Thank you. Okay, no, but yeah, it's it's not um like it's this episode where at the core of it. I just don't get the killer at all. Like I, I mean, I understand his motivations, but this absolutely preposterous plan is just baffling to me. Like the, and I mean, the problem is without his absolutely preposterous plan, and I know why he did it, and I know why the show does it. There's no way they could have caught him, right. Yeah. Like, because he would have to have this. They needed to come up with a direct connection to the people for them to catch him. But the way he has this direct connection to the people. Just makes so little sense. It just doesn't track at all. And it kind of breaks all of the logic of the show. So, yeah, that's why it's such a frustrating episode. Because it's like you can watch it and you can know why they're doing these preposterous plot twists that make no sense. Because it's just the cleanest way to keep the story moving forward. But it literally makes zero sense. And you're left just shaking your head at it. You
1: know, a few years, a few years ago, we already started talking about how they don't even bother trying anymore. I know. Okay. Yeah. And we blamed it on the showrunner being absent for, you know, while she was doing Beyond Borders. That was part of it. There was a whole bunch of other things. Right. There was a constant changeover in staff. and it's still you can still see it in the writing room constant change over in the writing room um and we used to put it down to that and since the the business of the lawsuit hadn't really started yet you could still put it down to that right then and mm. then and then she has to come back and then all of a sudden this this stuff is starting finally and i would i would say it's me too and oh Kevin Spacey horror. Helping and move thing that along. Yeah. Helped all of these these guys who are working come on the set come forward.
0: Yeah.
1: Right? And so, and all of a sudden, something that was just uh, par for the course in the business. Yeah. And no, everybody got either paid off or fired and blackballed and everything else. All of a sudden, mm-hmm. guess what?
0: People are taking it seriously. Yeah.
1: For the yeah. first time. Yeah. The chickens are finally coming home to roost. And Mm -hmm. these people don't know what to do about it. So all of a sudden they're doing all of these episodes. I think there is maybe one or two more in this that. Well, we'll see.
0: And we'll talk about it as we go.
1: Yeah, as we go. But uh, let's move on to Broken Wing because that episode isn't, there's nothing to to do about it. It's just like. No,
0: no, no. I mean, the the core of it, I mean, I understand what they're doing with the character, but they haven't written it in any coherent
1: way. It's very Uh
0: frustrating. All right. Broken Wing. Go.
1: In Los Angeles, California, when seven recovering drug addicts die from opioid overdoses hours after completing various inpatient addiction treatments, the BAU sets out to profile a budding—not budding—but anyway, an angel of mercy bent on relieving his victims of their suffering. Meanwhile, Lewis finds herself forced to face her past after reconnecting with her ex-husband.
0: That's not meanwhile— He's the one who brought them the case. Yes. Like, if he doesn't bring them the case, there's no
1: case. That's right.
0: Yeah, so it's like, it's not meanwhile, it's integral to the story being told. But anyway, so this gets... When
1: Lewis's ex-husband brings her...
0: Yes, uh, the cases of a number of addicts he feels may have been murdered, Mm the team finds themselves chasing down a budding angel of mercy. There, done. We fixed it.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, so, yes, talking about the Lewis stuff. And I think this is, uh, so, first off, Scott Winters is in this episode. We're big fans of Scott Winters. Oh, yes. He's uh, Dean Winters' brother. Dean yeah. Winters was Ryan O'Reilly on Oz. And yeah. he was like, you know, you should have my brother play my brother. And you should create a character for him. And so he got to play Ryan O'Reilly's brother on Oz. And he was amazing. He was fantastic.
1: Has been so ever since.
0: Oh God, yeah, no, no, I'm never unhappy to see. Uh, yeah, never unhappy to see Scott Winters in a show. Just like I'm never unhappy to see Dean Winters in a show. Like the O'Reilly brothers were incredible.
1: And sometimes it's hard to know which one it is.
0: (laughs) Yeah, right. It's hard to remember (laughs) when you're first
1: looking at it. I'm going, oh, that's the guy from. Oh yeah, oh, you know, half.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I get it. One's blonde, one's got brown hair, but I understand. Right, they got a very similar vibe to them and they play very similar parts yeah but yeah he's great uh this is the episode i talked about a little while ago that was in, uh that was inspired by an episode of the john oliver tv show last yeah. week tonight they did a whole episode about just like the unbelievably shady people who run rehab And then like eight months later, this episode of television happened Yeah, because someone on the staff had watched that episode. And they're like, oh, we should do an episode set in this world because it's so unbelievably shady and so many people relapse and then die that it would be unbelievably easy for a serial killer to get away with it. Like you can just having seen the John Oliver episode, I know exactly the line of thought that went to someone who was watching it. And they're like, oh, wait, this is a perfect world to set. A criminal mindset. Okay,
1: so somebody, so somebody in the writing room actually watches John Oliver. Nice everybody, to know. No, no,
0: I mean it's not somebody. Everybody watches John Oliver. It's an yeah. unbelievably popular show.
1: Yes.
0: He wins the Emmy every single year. Oh
1: yeah, yes, you know?
0: no, yeah. yeah like I, it's it's, it's I'm a not, very popular show. Uh so yes, I'm not surprised that somebody in the writers' room watches because I'm sure they all do. Uh so yeah, this episode has one of the biggest dumbest problems in the world. Right. So what's happening is a guy's wife was a heroin addict who died uh, because she couldn't get off heroin. He's gone nuts and he's, and he saw like her try and fail to go through rehab over and over and over again. She finally died by overdose and he's like, his logic is I'm going to stop people from the agony of failing to get off drugs over and over again. I'm just going to put them out of their misery, right? I understand this killer's reasoning. It makes perfect sense to me. Like the internal logic tracks. Here's the part that doesn't track at all. Even though he is murdering drug addicts and making it look like they have overdosed, he has elected to use an untraceable drug that makes all of the people, uh, in the, what it, like all of the people who do the autopsies on the body say, I can't tell what they were, what drug they took. Now he wants to make it look like they've died from a drug overdose yet. And that these are all just random people who have died via drug overdose that have no connection with one another because they don't know about his, connect- you know, because, again, people drive drug-, drug overdoses all the time. It's not an unusual thing. But he goes out of his way to buy an untraceable Chinese drug that has all of the effects of heroin But doesn't chemically look like heroin. So when you do an autopsy and the drug panel for the autopsy, people can't tell they just heroin overdosed. And my question is, why does he do that
1: part? Okay, and I don't have yes, because the problem with that part is that if he wants everybody to think that they have died of from their addiction, then then why are is he not using their,
0: their, their addiction
1: your, your. of choice, because that was part of the problem with the very last one. Yes. As they said, she didn't take needles. She only, she only. Yeah. Why would she? You know. And then they try suddenly to suddenly start. Some, uh, yeah, yeah, start using a needle heroin well because they come up with all of this. I mean, that was the part that I mean, right off the top, I'm just going, this is stupid. Why are you saying? Why are you saying that? Oh well, you know, you know, we get the whole business of 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 drug drug addicts who have been clean for a while and given that they're only clean for a month, this is highly specious. If you've been clean for six months and then you go back to your uh usual dosage. Drug of choice, yeah. Drug of choice and your use And the usual dosage. You can have severe problems because your body is no longer used to it anymore. Okay? I mean I get that your
0: tolerance breaks down.
1: Your tolerance level breaks down. These people have only, at least this latest one. Been off
0: for a month. Yeah.
1: A month. A month. And most of the, and most of the ones in, like all of the ones that are in this guy's, um, treatment. Rehab. Rehab, because he's got seven or ten of them. Scan his rehab scam are always off. Out, out after just a month off their drugs. Yeah. Cause he so, sends
0: them out so they'll relapse, so they'll come back. Like that's yeah, his whole business model.
1: To get, to get his money, right?
0: Repeat yeah. business.
1: Repeat business. And so consequently, um, it, it like, yeah, that part of it, if he's smart enough to go and get this untraceable drug, he's smart enough to figure out that he should be, this woman should have been pushed back it onto her crack, right? Yeah. The but other,
0: I will say this. I will say this, if he, he could have, because of what his wife went through, he could have an emotional need to give them heroin. Okay. Like, okay. I, I believe he would have an emotional need. What I don't believe is that he would go to such lengths to find, like, if and you give why? someone an untraceable mystery drug, it's not going to look like they had a heroin overdose. Like,
1: like that? No. Yeah. No. That it makes no sense because, and plus, once they thought about it, they could they could actually trace this drug once they knew exactly. what the component was. But why? Yeah. If this is his why whole would
0: he point. go to that? Yeah. His whole M O is yeah because of the what my wife went through. I'm gonna you know put people out of their misery by oh. getting super high with heroin. Please. Oh,
1: I know. It might Please. be easier to get that than it is to get heroin. There is
0: no way it's easier to get an elaborate fake heroin that's untraceable than it is to just go to any street corner in a certain part of Los Angeles and buy as much heroin as you want. And you can't tell me he doesn't know how to find drug dealers well, yeah, because he works wife, with drug addicts
1: and his wife was an addict. So she yes. had to have a No, but she he had to for, have a he, dealer.
0: Exactly, she had to have a dealer, but the point is it's like
1: He knows drug addicts. He works
0: every day with drug addicts. He would have no trouble finding a dealer. Like there's no, the only reason he uses this bizarre synthetic heroin that has been like built in a Chinese lab is because they need to be able to trace all of his victims, but it doesn't, there's no internal logic to it because there's no reason
1: for him to do it.
0: For him to do it. There's no conceivable reason him to not just use heroin from the street. Like there's just no way this character does it this way. And I mean, you can just make a, uh, what you can do is once you figured out that uh, there's a much cleaner way in the script to do this, all you have to do is you say, you have, uh, have them say, she did crack. Why would she have overdosed on heroin? Yeah. And it's like, you're right. The killer uh, must, the heroin overdoses must be important to the killer. I know what we'll do. We'll go over Right? Um. All of the people who, from these rehabs, because they're obviously connected to this rehab organization, who have overdosed on heroin and find out which ones of them weren't there for heroin addiction. And that'll be our, you know, our sign of yeah. who his victims are. No, that it's easy enough to fix this. It was easy enough to fix that
1: problem. Yeah. Right? Oh, totally. Yeah. Because, and, and it wouldn't have taken away from it. It wouldn't have made it any less compelling. Yeah. Like, it, like all of that is com- it would have been yeah. compelling. You just add this, but they do that often, right? Yeah. The, and criminal minds, they add these little bizarre twists for no reason. Yeah. It it would yeah. appear well, at least, least to us who watch.
0: No oh, reason. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it's to give Penelope something to do. Well, yeah. For this sometimes. episode, <laughs> she could have been the one who tracked down all the people who died of heroin overdoses yeah. in the it city who her weren't money. heroin addicts. There you go. Also. So he leaves these really elaborate, um, you know, hidden tattoos on people, right? Uh, like these, these elaborate hidden half, uh, broken wing ta- angel tattoos on people, right? That's part of his MO. Okay. Okay.
1: Here, here. Is here. the blacklight tattoo. Okay. Okay. Here, here. This is Please. bizarre. Right. Okay. This episode, uh, showed up on December the 5th, 2018.
0: Okay. I don't know why you're changing the subject from what I'm talking about. Oh,
1: never mind. I was just thinking about when it was revealed Me- Messer and Fangness weren't going to write the last episode, and that was the day after this ah, okay. episode. Interesting. And, yes, Not and, super and,
0: relevant to what I'm talking well, about.
1: Well, no, no. I, I'm <laughs> just wondering. No, because as you say, Penelope basically had nothing to do in this episode.
0: Almost nothing, yeah.
1: You know, and and why isn't it written so she has something to do? It's a good but anyway, question. you know, I mean, that that's just a
0: question. I'll return to my point, which yes. was, <laughs> so I'll like... return to my point, which was, uh, what I don't get about it is, the minute you find out that this guy is making these elaborate blacklight tattoos on people, yeah. why aren't you, why isn't your next step? Oh, let's go talk to the tattoo artist community.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, they, they, and uh, clearly... Clearly, because they go, they do, te- they go to the tattoo community eventually. and other episodes. Yeah, eventually. that's
0: right. it. Like, uh, but it's like, when they had the body mod person, they're like, at least they understood. Let's go to the body mod community. Now, they didn't do it right. They just didn't say, give me a list of all, the, like, give me a yeah. list of all the people, you know, with forked tongues, which would have been like four people there. Problem solved. Yeah. But, um, at least they understood to go to the body mod community. This guy's got this friggin' elaborate tattoo that he's doing that looks great. So yeah. obviously he knows his stuff when it comes to tattooing. So why didn't you immediately go to the tattoo community? Like, uh, go to every tattoo place in the thing, show them each, uh, like, show them each yeah. the picture and then like ask if they knew anybody who is uh who has something like this tattoo, who's a to- tattoo artist, who has connection to drug rehab, who like might have heard talking about heroin. Like they don't do the basic canvassing they should be doing to solve these crimes.
1: And I can tell you why they didn't do that. It's because they needed to have this elaborate um elaborate storyline with uh, Tara Lewis.
0: Yeah. So let's get into that. All right. So here's the problem with our theory that Tara Lewis might be a psychopath. Well, she almost (laughs) certainly is a psychopath. See, the problem in this episode is uh, she was married and she does seem to have an emotional connection to her husband. Yes. Her ex-husband. Right. And that is flies in the face of everything we know about the kind of psychopath Tara Lewis um obviously is and we're gonna have to work hard to reconcile this later but for right now what i'll say is (laughs) do you know what this episode makes me think what that in a sense our belief that tara lewis is a psychopath is largely born out of the fact that her complete lack of affect like it. It seems like they were hinting at that at some point, yeah. and then they gave up on that as a storyline. That storyline yeah. was abandoned after her first season, season ten.
1: Yeah. No, season eleven. No, season 11. I mean, it's after. What's her face?
0: It's yeah. after. Yeah, yeah. So it's season eleven.
1: Yeah.
0: Right, because it's after maybe season twelve. You know what? It's not important. No, it's season no, eleven. Because Thomas Gibson no, is still there. Yeah.
1: Yeah, because yeah, it's, after, it's after
0: Jennifer Love Hewitt.
1: Yeah, after De- Jennifer Love Hewitt has left, and I, and it's almost as if when you look at that season eleven. She was there for a short period of time. Yeah, she was there in all the episodes. And then all of a sudden they have to switch gears when they decide to keep her.
0: Yeah, to make her a regular on the show. And so what I was getting at was, it's weird how a lot of the symptoms of her being a psychopath that we have, I think, correctly identified, might simply be born out of the writers never bothering to give this character any real depth.
1: yeah. And so what
0: you end, they never gave her any real depth. And so you ended up with the situation where she looks like a psychopath. And so it's kind of jarring when they finally do an episode about her and it's like, wait, she has emotions?
1: What? Remember her second almost husband?
0: Yes. Who she's completely cold about. Like, remember how she did this whole thing with her kidnapped brother and never managed to demonstrate, like, anything like a real emotion the whole time. Like, this is the thing that triggers her to actually care. Her ex-husband
1: being an addict. Well, being an addict, like, but, but, but we might be able to, we might be able to work that because when I'm watching that, the very fact, right. Yeah. That they had this whole life planned. Yes. What do I call this emotion? I don't I don't know it might be you see it might still be um, a narcissistic reaction I mean that
0: okay so it's like he with his addiction screwed up her life plan
1: screwed up her life plan because she wouldn't talk to him and then you know what she's upset about is the fact that he couldn't change for her but he changed somebody else.
0: That's true. Yeah, so you're right. It is, it can come back, if you read it that way, it can come back to narcissism. Yeah. And it's like, and her feeling just her ownership of him more than a romantic thing. It was like, she feels like she has some ownership of him. And why is it that she, right, that this other woman, he was willing to do it for, whereas he's supposed to be devoted to her. You know that's not a bad reading. Yeah,
1: because when you look at when you look at it, I mean, I do not know. There are so many relationships that break up, and yeah. they are relationships that aren't working, right? I mean, I I can think of, geez, you know, a million reasons, and yet the people, the people, there'll be one partner that will, um, just won't let go, even though it wasn't a good relationship. Like right. she should have left him ages before. Maybe yeah. if she had left him before, you know, but she refused to look at that relationship and his addiction for what it was. And she was studying psychology. So she should because
0: should've... Oh, okay. You're saying because she believed everything as narcissists do that everything is under her control and everything is for her. She wasn't able to clearly see what was going on with her husband.
1: Or she right? refused to see what was going on with her husband because she should have believed him. That marriage was on the rocks long before.
0: Yeah. He hit long her. Long before he hit her. Yeah.
1: And Clearly. Then, and then to say she doesn't, and she doesn't remember, she can't believe that he doesn't remember hitting her.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, he was an alcoholic. blackout drunk. Uh, do you know what my favorite uh, blackout drunk story ever is? Uh, it's not. It's it's a funny one. Don't worry. It's not a sad one. So, uh, um, Dan. Uh, I almost said Dan because he's played Dan Fielding. John Larroquette was on the set of uh, the, uh, the Night Court, right? Yeah. And, like, one Monday a guy who works on the show, I don't remember who, it's not important for the story, comes up to him and says, hey, so like, uh, you know, my wife and I rented Texas Chainsaw Massacre this weekend. I had no idea you were in that movie. And he was like, I am not in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And the guy's like, are you sure? Because at the start of the movie, somebody narrates the movie and I'm pretty sure it's your voice. And John gets like, I don't think, I guess I don't have that unique a voice because I am not in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And so he goes and it's just like, the guy's like, like, okay. So John Larkat's like, okay, I guess I'll check. I mean, could I have been in the Texas Chainsaw And so he goes and he listens to the opening of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And he's like, yeah, that's obviously me. (laughs) So he goes and he calls people he knew at the time. he's like, was I in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre? And I'm like, yeah, it was a voiceover gig for you. You did a lot of them. And he had no idea that he had been, he spent 10 years of his life so drunk all the time that he had no idea he was the narrator of the most famous slasher film ever. Jeez. That's a yeah. thing. That's how drunk he was and for how long. And by the way, that's why the John Larroquette show was so good. Cause it was entirely, a, it was a really well-written comedy about, figuring out how to live your life after coming back from being a decades long blackout drunk. Yeah.
1: And there are lots of people like I can remember the first time I really ran into one. Right. And yeah. like, and it was, you know, it was like, it was the brother of a friend of mine and yeah. we had all been go out and doing all of these different things. And, um, he was visiting mm-hmm. and then in the morning um we we're all sitting around the breakfast table talking about all of the- he has no memory yep now he he too like john lavracat finally got sober and faced his demons right yeah. and got sober but i i i mean i can remember still like just i was in my 30s and i'm just like it was unbelievable to me that there was no memory this yeah. guy was we were at one of these the penguin club in ottawa and okay. they have a dance band and he was on the floor and it was just a rah-rah we had a really everybody had a yeah. really good time and he just kept drinking yeah and he never passed out nothing but when he did pass out and he got up in the morning and he, he could literally tell you the point at which he remembered up to X point. Yeah. And then, and then at the a rest certain of the night's point, just gone. The rest of the night's just gone. Wow. And it's like, I'm going, oh my lord. Right? Well, yeah. And
0: especially, it's, it's weird how, you know, it's now that you say that and you tell these stories and we think about this, it's actually not that hard to imagine a world where Tara Lewis psychopath Tara Lewis believes she's so in control yeah. right, of herself and the things around her that she could have like completely changed her husband and gotten rid of this problem of his.
1: Oh, yes. And not facing up to how bad it was. I mean, yeah. a lot of people... Now, I mean, what, what the show wants to say is that like most people who are either married or have these kinds of drunks in their family... That yeah. they, that they don't, they just ignore it, right? Or they do right. believe that they can fix it and the rest of it. But in this case, given her reaction and given when she walked out, right? It wasn't until he hit her that she yeah. was finally forced. That she was able to, to
0: consciously say, Oh my God, that's how bad this is.
1: Yeah, that's how yeah. bad this is. And then she walked out and had nothing to do with him afterwards.
0: Yeah, for, y- for more than didn't a decade. Even,
1: she didn't even want to talk to him here at this I point. Know. She wanted nothing to do with him. Nothing. It's
0: been more than a decade, Tara. He did
1: want to let him make amends.
0: Yeah. Actually, yeah. Not wanting to let him make amends is kind of a dickish move. Yeah.
1: So, no, I don't, Although I, I gotta
0: say, you know what? Uh, it's a sign that she might be a psychopath. Just the fact that it's like on one level, he knew that she wouldn't let him make amends. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he didn't like, he didn't reach out to her. And his wife was like, maybe don't reach out to her. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I guess maybe the wife has a more clear eyed view of Tara Lewis than he does.
1: Oh, sure. Because, and, and I mean, she was probably, well, here's another thing. She probably spent that whole marriage. Um, What's the word we use? Uh, not abetting. Um, uh, enabling. Enabling his alcoholism.
0: Yeah. Oh, Probably.
1: Because at one point you you see in her flashbacks him bringing her a drink and she's having the drink with him. Oh yeah. Well,
0: and they you know, always drank and partied together all the time.
1: Yeah. Uh, and you know so well and and let's face it, she may be a drunk herself. After all, look at look at the the team she works with. That's all they ever do. It's Who's true. to say I David? Mean, we Russell? know Emily
0: Prentice is a drunk. We know that.
1: We know Emily. Prentice she's
0: the is kind of front. woman who goes home at the end of a long day. And has a whole bottle of wine all by herself. And then. That's 100% who Emily Prentice is.
1: If, and then there's David Rossi. Who's David Rossi ever drinks far.
0: all the time. Ge- so, Ge- yeah.
1: Garcia drinks all the time.
0: Oh, absolutely. Uh, I'm 100% Matt doesn't. Oh, no. No, no. Matt Matt's not a drinker. I like, don't we think can Luke's a drinker either. But I don't no, think Luke's hardly, a drinker either. But hardly, these are the new characters. They don't count. They don't and of course, Spencer Reed is a heroin addict. So yeah. he has to keep clean.
1: Yeah. He can't have a drink.
0: He doesn't have any choice. In the JJ
1: night. drinks.
0: Oh, JJ drinks.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but she's
0: got kids and she's got a good husband at home. So she does not have the opportunity to yeah. drink the way the other ones are them. But I don't know if she hadn't married Will. Who the hell knows what kind of drunk she would be.
1: Yeah. Well, she'd be, she'd be Emily
0: Prentice. Yeah, she'd be Emily Prentice. You know, that's not a bad reading of it, honestly. That yeah. it's like having this good, good stabilizing relationship and her wonderful kids is the only thing keeping JJ from being Emily Prentice. Yeah. Yeah, it's not a bad reading, honestly. I totally see your justification of that. It makes sense to me.
1: They've both got uh, these. Yes. Never okay, mind. so can
0: I talk about yeah. the most baffling part of this episode?
1: Okay, which one?
0: <laughs> All right, okay. so. No, no, no. The best baffling, and it's this thing that will just zip by if you don't know, like, if you're not paying attention. And there's honestly not a lot of reason to pay attention to at the beginning of the show. So I'm going to tell you something you might not have noticed. See if it blows your mind. All right. So at the start of this episode, we see the woman coming home at night, right? She's being brought home by her sober friends to try, who are like offering yes. her. They've set her up at her house. She is ready. Oh, it's her time. Yeah, it's her brother and the, uh, and the brother, maybe sister-in-law or maybe just a friend. But the point is, they're there to help her be sober. All right. So that's important that she has, in this scene, it is already nighttime. Mm -hmm. That's going to be important. So then we cut away to Tara Lewis, who is giving a nighttime lecture. It doesn't seem like the most fun lecture, but he's given a nighttime lecture. She's given a nighttime lecture, right? Uh, it doesn't seem like the kind of fun topic you want to have at night, but uh, there we go. So she's giving a nighttime lecture. All right now this is important. Then, after the nighttime lecture, her ex-husband comes to her and is like, BTW, there's a serial killer in the uh, preying on drug addicts here in my town. I would like you and your team to look in on it. Now, let's say that takes her an hour. To, for him to give her enough evidence that she thinks it's worth calling the team. I don't think it would be crazy to estimate that that whole scene takes about an hour, right? Yeah. So it was already eight or nine, probably nine, when she finished her lecture.
1: So now we're looking at 11.
0: Now we're looking at yeah, ten, eleven. Yeah, so an hour, 11 o'clock, right? Yeah. So 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, let's say somewhere in there. She calls the team to say, you need to come out and help with this. And they are all in the office at 11 o'clock at, at no, at it's 1 a.m. Yeah, it's, it's later. A. Yeah. It's
1: later. It's 1 a.m. And
0: they are all in the office. Doing what? I, doing what? The weirdest part is, if you look, um, David Rossi has an undone bow tie on. Like he was at a fancy dinner and he came back to the office at 1 a.m. To get this phone call! <laughs> to get a phone call from Tara Lewis? Did she, like, f- send them a text and say, assemble everybody at the office at 1 a.m. so you can have a two-minute phone call with me? I didn't <laughs> think scene... about
1: that. I didn't no, think no about one thinks that. about
0: it. But it makes zero sense that they were all in the office at
1: 1 a.m., Just waiting around for this phone call. And now we're going to go up. Wheels up real fast.
0: I know. So we'll be there the next
1: morning. Exactly. They like leave right away. It's so
0: bonkers.
1: Yeah, I didn't even think of it. I, no, you're no. right, I didn't yeah. but, but now that you mention it, I'm going,
0: yeah It's impossible to not think about Now that because you know, right?
1: It's it's three or four hours, three hours difference Four three hours, hours
0: difference. difference No, it's three hours difference yeah. yeah, They're not in Newfoundland, it's only three hours difference Uh, Well, no, that'd be three and a half They're not in Nova Scotia, it's only three hours difference Uh, Although, given where friggin' Maine is You'd think, in Vermont, they would do the New Brunswick time zone, but they don't and They're like, no, just, just the three time zones For America, that's fine uh, I don't know how I turned into criticizing time zone people. But anyway, so yes, that was very bizarre. Also, um, uh, you know, I criticized them trying to co opt, uh, Aaron Hotchner's catchphrase, wheels up. Yep. In 30. Yep. And they tried to make it like, well, 20. she's obviously better at the team than he is. Uh, he was because she says wheels up in 20. And that's, that's 10 minutes faster. Yeah. Uh, but in the previous episode, which I forgot to mention, I'm a little embarrassed about this. She, she says, cause you know, there's a kidnap kid. Now. Wheels up, not in 20. Now. now. I know. And I'm like. I, it was so
1: stupid. Are you an idiot? Now maybe the an wheels up, maybe, maybe this explains that wheels up <laughs> <laughs> means that they have to be down at the front door, getting ready to get <laughs> in.
0: there. That is E2. not what wheels up is supposed to be.
1: <laughs> I know. I, hey, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying what it. But maybe maybe they understand Wheels Up differently than the rest of the world does. But even so, (coughs) Wheels Up, how can it
0: be now? You're upstairs. It's still going to take you five minutes to get downstairs. No. Uh, As I said in my review, like, how great would it be if someone had taken this literally and they get into the airfield and the plane is long gone? And it's like, w- where's the plane? Well, we got an order that the plane was supposed to fly off immediately. You said wheels up now. Like, what else could that be thought to me? I mean, we didn't know why you were sending off the plane without I, anybody no. on it. But we follow orders. We're in the FBI. <laughs> I think that would have been fun. I guess I should be more careful, and then like she would learn a valuable lesson about being more careful with her language. <laughs> oh, I know, it's ridiculous. But yeah, wheels up now. I'm like, no. How about maybe not now? Maybe when we actually have, you know, we're to the airport. in the plane. Maybe when we're in the plane we could go.
1: Wheels up now.
0: Yeah, oh no. It's just I know I know it's a silly thing to be bothered by. But that line really bothered me.
1: Never mind. Yeah, yeah. I funny. mean, there, so many, you... there were so many. There were so so many. Things.
0: There's so much to complain about. Why am I focusing on this? Because uh, it's funny.
1: Yeah, it's the yeah. Only reason. I mean, we funny. This one's funny. However, the main the main story is fine.
0: Oh yeah. Basically, yeah. Like we complained about a lot of this episode because of the Tara Lewis stuff, and because you know, and because of some nonsense. But it's one of those episodes where, like, the killer's motive, the killer's thing, like. I totally get it. I don't yeah. have a problem with it. And, I don't even uh, have a problem with a lot of how they catch him. The only thing that I really object to is the, yeah. the him using fake heroin yeah. just so they have an easy way to find him.
1: Yeah. There's
0: no other reason for him to use the fake heroin.
1: Yeah. So that's, um, but other than that, I mean, the episode, other than that, it's not a terrible episode, and, you know, and I think Scott Winters does a wonderful job of being, oh, being yeah, a complete sleazy. scumbag sleazy business guy and uh you know just running these things and then the the you know so yeah it all kind of works i mean that part it's not a terrible
0: episode at all it's just there's this problem at the core of it that doesn't make a lick of sense
1: yeah so once you once you sort of over right that and look past that it's yeah it's
0: honestly one of the more okay episodes this season
1: yeah you know, because you know, just... there's
0: nothing, there's nothing like ludicrously offensive in it. I mean, the the only part that's ludicrously stupid is this guy going to all of this trouble to get to get a special kind of heroin. Yeah. But that's like, it. no, that that doesn't make a lick of sense. But it, I mean, overall, you can just say, well, if they had just searched for them the way we talked about instead of the fake, ha- the synthetic heroin way, yeah. then there would have been no problem, yeah. and there wouldn't have been. So yeah, like, honestly, I know we've been very hot on it, but this is truly one of the least terrible episodes this season.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. It really was. All right. So I guess that's that. Uh, Thank you for letting us, if you did listen to all of this, thanks for letting us uh, talk so long about our problems with uh, Tara Lewis. <laughs> we know it looks weird and, how and, fixated and, we and, are on Tara Lewis. And
1: the healthcare system in the United States. Well, yeah, that too. Yeah, no, but <laughs> it's like, we know it's weird how
0: fixated we are on Tara Lewis, but it's at the core of it. It all stems from this disappointment that in Tara Lewis in that first season, they had the chance to do the first like truly interesting new character on the show. Yeah. Cause we often joke about how the fact that it's like the show has four too many cast members. Yeah. You know, (laughs) like you, all of these people have interchangeable opinions and worldviews. None of them have their own specialty. If the show was just, I mean, the show could just be, David Rossi, Spencer Reed, uh, Penelope Garcia, and pick if you want JJ or, um, Emily. JJ or Emily. Right? That's all you need. Cause those are the only people. I'm sorry, but you just don't need Tara Lewis. You sure as hell don't need Matt and Luke. And if you're gonna have Matt or Luke, you just need Matt or Luke. You definitely don't need both. Right? But this show is like so crowded with characters that it's it's so terrible that the one time they had a character they were gonna do something completely new and different with, and again, it's possible this is all in our heads, and they never planned to do it. Although the fact that that episode has her dumping her husband, so she her fiance, so she can spend more time with serial killers, is a certain a certainly a big frigging clue. Yeah,
1: and that then they you, knew what
0: they were doing and with then, Tara Lewis yeah, at least. And at the then star. you
1: have her killing somebody for the first time and she has no reaction. feels nothing. So yes. like so it's no problem. What,
0: we, what offends us is that they seemed like they were going to do something yeah. so fascinating with Tara Lewis. And it seemed like it was going to be based on that guy who who like has consulted on the show and appeared on the show who's an actual academic who is, you know, genetically, well not genetically, but con- like, um in his, has a brain issue where he can't feel empathy. <laughs> you know? 'Cause he's an actual person. He's an actual academic. He was in the fox. Yeah. It's he's a fascinating man and it's a fascinating problem he has because he's not a serial killer. He's not even a terrible person, but he just doesn't have any empathy.
1: Yeah. And the thing is the thing is, okay, but here's here is and I still it goes back to, okay, probably she was being hired sort of until they decided who they were gonna replace
0: Jennifer Love Hewitt.
1: With, right? Yeah, I think she was she was hired
0: as a stopgap thing. As
1: a stopgap thing, she was going to be there for like a six episode or an eight arc. episode arc, and yeah. then and then you know whatever, however that could have developed. I liked
0: her. They got along with her, and, and then like, maybe decided, just keep her on.
1: Yeah, let's just keep her on and then give her nothing to do
0: for years.
1: For years, and the last season is the classic.
0: Oh God, she. I mean, again, if you told me Tara Lewis doesn't have one line in the last season, I would have to like check to prove you wrong.
1: Yeah, you know, I mean, it's it is it is amazing, and all I can say is, well, it was a pay- paycheck because the funny thing was is she was on CSI. I had forgotten that she was. Yeah, she was on CSI for a year or two. Yeah, it was really, it was really weird. I mean, she was one of the odd Nobody works techs.
0: more than Aisha Tyler. I'm such a fan of hers.
1: Well, yes, but to me, Aisha Tyler is just Archer.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, she's always going to be Lana Kane from Archer. Oh, <laughs> yeah. But...
1: Come on,
0: of course she is. She's so wonderful. Yeah. She's so amazing on that show. I know. She's <laughs> so funny.
1: Yeah, she's, right. no, she's
0: a miracle worker. Because obviously that show is the best written show, but she's so great on it.
1: Yeah. She elevates that show. Yeah.
0: Uh she elevates all of her performances all the time. She's fantastic. And it's just I wish they had a chance I've done to something do more. With her. Yeah. All right. So I guess that's gonna be that. Uh let's wrap it up here. If you have any questions, if you have any comments, if there's any profiling related fiction you think we would uh it would behoove us to check out, drop us a line at profiling at gmail dot com. We would love to hear from you. Uh what are we gonna be watching next week?
1: 10, 10, 11, and 12. Flesh and Blood. Which are? Flesh and Blood. Okay. Nightlights and Hamlin. Is it bad that
0: I only know which one one of those is?
1: Hamlin, right?
0: Of course it's Hamlin. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Because I was talking
0: earlier. I mean, a couple of weeks ago, I talked about the concept of audio porn that I don't understand at all. And I'm like, you know what? I won't talk about it now because we're going to have an excuse to talk about it in a little while. And that's Hamlin. Yeah.
1: Okay, so yeah, uh, well, we have two local attorneys in flesh and blood abducted, tortured, their hearts crudely cut out of their chests. What the hell episode is this? Uh, and this is when Prentice, uh <coughs> organizes a, a date with uh, Mendoza. Oh,
0: yeah, the guy from the twenty-seven. Episode. Yeah, okay, and After night. He gets out at, of the
1: hospital. Yeah, and Night Lights is an unsolved double homicide. The B.A.U. sets out to track a killer who blinds his victims.
0: Is it bad that I still don't know what No, I know
1: before forcing them to play a deadly cat and mouse game. Oh. And then Alves invites them to a housewarming party at his new apartment, to which his girlfriend never shows up.
0: <laughs> oh. Uh, one thing about the um, the blinding to play a deadly game of cat and mouse. Hmm. You know, it's, it's weird, because it sounds like the Sandman episode again, where he would blind the mothers and make them run through a thing to try and find their kids. But, uh... Never mind. That's obviously not the episode. Yeah, we're going to worry about that later. We'll we'll talk about it after we talk about it. So yes, if you're listening to this on some sort of a podcast client uh, or podcatcher, be sure to rate and review it because that is how people find the show uh, via that kind of recommendation. We will see you back here next week for that as we do our countdown of the last episodes of Criminal Minds ever. Uh, But until then, I'm going to say that's right. Au revoir.
1: And have a good weekend.
0: Profiling Criminal Minds is a member of the Kinks Podcasting Network.